Well, we are kicking off a brand new series of messages uh, for January that we're calling Daily Bread. The disciples came to Jesus one day and they, taught, they asked him to teach them to pray. Uh, obviously, they saw something in the prayer life of Jesus that was missing in their own. Even though they were praying men, these were Israelites, these were practicing Jews, and so prayer was a part of their daily life. But obviously, they saw something in Jesus' prayer life that wasn't a part of their own prayer life. And so they asked him to teach them to pray. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter six, he said, pray like this. And then he taught them to pray along these lines. Give us this day our daily bread. Everybody say daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, at the time the Bible was written and at the time that Jesus said this, bread was just a staple uh, within the diet of every individual. I mean, uh, bread was so common to human life and existence that it actually became metaphorical. It, it, it represented uh, all of one's provision. Uh, all of one's needs were kind of summarized within this idea of daily bread. And that's what Jesus was saying here. He was saying, listen, you need to trust me for your daily provision." You need to trust me daily for all that you need. And God is our provider, and we ought to say thank God for that. He is a provider, and he's a faithful provider. And he taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, our daily provision, our daily sustenance. And I'll expand on that word here in just a moment. But recently I was online, and I saw something advertised that I just couldn't believe. But it's re- I checked into it. It's real. You can actually purchase one of these. I would love for you not to purchase one of these. But here's what I want to show you. Uh, Teresa will put that up on the screen. You can get a Jesus toaster these days. Guys, that's a real thing. You can get a Jesus toaster. Apparently, you can put a piece of bread in that, get up every morning for breakfast, put a piece of bread in that, and it will toast the image of Jesus on your bread. Everybody look this way. Can I just share with you, that is not what Jesus was saying when he said, give us this day our daily bread. I think he had a lot more in mind for us than that, than a Jesus toaster, Uh, When he said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man shall not live on bread alone, but but upon every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here's what I know. I know the Bible is how God provides us with daily bread. God's word is our spiritual nourishment. It's how God provides sustenance for us on spiritual terms. And God wants us healthy. He wants us with a daily diet of the word of God that will make us strong. We see a great um, example of how we are to trust God by looking to God's word daily for our sustenance. You understand that word. Uh, Sustenance is the means by which we are sustained, how we sustain life, how we sustain strength. We know how that works in the physical. If you don't eat, there's going to be consequences. If you don't eat right, there's going to be consequences. And the, and the same is true on spiritual terms. In Exodus chapter 16, we get this example of God providing daily bread. Uh, the children of Israel had been brought by the hand of God, by the miraculous hand of God. They'd been brought out of the bondage they had known to Egypt. And now they're in the wilderness and they're headed out towards the land that God has promised. And of course, there were years of wandering in that wilderness that didn't have to be, 
But because of their stubbornness, because of their disobedience, because of their unwillingness to heed the word of God, they continued to wander in that wilderness and shame on them. I mean, that's not, it's not like none of us have ever disobeyed God, right? None of us have ever right, questioned God, but they certainly did, and it left them in the wilderness wandering. But even in their wilderness wandering, God provided for them. And I want you to see what happens. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, God says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Somebody say that day. They're to gather enough for that day. And in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So our willingness to trust God daily for provision, trust God daily for sustenance, is his way of testing us to see if we're going to obey him, to see if we're going to heed his word and obey his instruction. And many of you know the story of Israel, and you know that, that even in this they tested him. And some of them decided, well, we better take a, and, and keep a little bit set aside for tomorrow because you know God, you know, I mean, he only just led us out of Egypt with his mighty hand and unbelievable miracles and they're already doubting him and so they set this bread aside the next morning they get up and they go to partake of it and it's filled with maggots because God wanted them trusting him every day can I tell you that God wants you trusting him on spiritual terms every day he wants you trusting him you can't live on what God did in your life last week You can't live today on what God did in your life a year ago or 10 years ago. Every day, we need to be postured before God, allowing him to provide us our daily bread. Can I get a better amen than that? So we are to look to God's word daily to provide our spiritual nourishment. Otherwise, we are spiritually malnourished. And if I'm gonna be honest with you today, I'm afraid that that is much of the condition of the church in the 21st century. I believe the church, by and large, is spiritually malnourished. Think about what happens when a person doesn't eat like they should or as often as they should. When a person begins to suffer physically with malnourishment, what happens? They grow weak. They grow weak. Uh, they, They become fatigued. They're not able to carry out all of their responsibilities and duties because they grow fatigued. Um... There is a lack of immunity that happens within their bodies and all of a sudden they can't ward off sickness and disease and infection and infirmity. Uh, They grow sluggish. Many times when a person hasn't eaten, come on, they'll bite your head off. Come on, y'all know who I'm, I mean, what I'm talking about. So I want you to just draw the obvious parallel with me and understand just like that is true in the natural, it's also true spiritually. When we're not nourished as we should be, we grow weak. We grow spiritually weak. We get fatigued and we can't carry out what we know God's will is within our life. All of a sudden, we can't ward off the temptations and the sin that the enemy is trying to to bring into our life. We get sluggish spiritually. Uh, We're biting people's heads off, right? We're, We're impatient with one another. We're impatient with God. And it doesn't have to be. God wants to nourish us spiritually. God wants to give us strength, and he does it through a daily diet of the word of God, and that's the Bible. And, and so that's why I'm just calling for 
2020 to be the year of the Bible for Crossroads Church. It's the year where we make a stronger commitment to God's word than we've ever had before. And we look to the word of God to find our spiritual nourishment every day. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you what Satan wants. What the enemy wants is he wants, his objective is to have us to substitute junk food for real bread. And, and we know that that happens in the natural. Come on, y'all. I'm not the only one that probably eats too many potato chips. Come on, y'all. And you know what happens when we substitute junk food for real food is we grow unhealthy and we're not able to function at the level that we were intended to function. When we feed constantly on junk food, our body begins to break down and our health begins to deteriorate. Once again, let me draw the parallel because that's also true on spiritual terms. If we don't, if we don't look to the real food that God provides through his word, and if we begin to feed ourselves spiritually on junk food, we're going to grow unhealthy. Maybe you're here today trying to figure out the reference. And you're, you're, you're sitting here going, Jeff, what do you mean by spiritual junk food? Come on, really? You don't know what I'm talking about? Look at your playlist. Check out the TV shows and the movies that you've been watching, the websites that you've been maybe looking at, and maybe you'll have a better understanding of the spiritual junk food that I'm referring to. You cannot exist in spiritual health feeding on the stuff this world's putting in front of you. Have you ever noticed how alcohol is actually referred to as spirits? You know what it is, don't you? Because it's a substitute. It's a counterfeit for the spirit, for the real spirit of God. And the enemy wants you to believe that if you just go and turn to alcohol, it'll bring you the joy in your life that you need, the pick-me-up in your life that you need. And, and, and the devil is such a liar because the truth is it may do that for a moment, but then it leaves you in worse shape than you were in than when you look to it in the first place. But the Spirit of God won't let you down like that. He'll bring you real joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. He'll give you peace and comfort that will sustain you. Even in your hour of trouble, somebody say, thank God. Proverbs 14, 12 said, there's a way that seems right to a man. There's spiritual junk food that looks good. It looks appetizing. But listen, though it appears to be right, in the end, it leads to death. So we cannot be gullible along these lines and feed on all of this junk this whole world's putting before us and expect to stay healthy. Here's what God asks us in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse two. He says, why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me. And you'll eat what's good and you'll enjoy the finest food. God's got great, great stuff for us to feed on that will nourish us if we'll just look to him and just look to his word. I love the commitment that Job made and I would love for us to make a similar commitment. Here's what Job said in the book that bears his name there in the Old Testament, Job chapter 23, verse 12. He said, I have not departed from the commands of God's lips. I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my daily bread. In other words, more than my commitment to feed my body food that's going to nourish my body. I have made a commitment to let God's words nourish my spirit. And, and again, I'm calling on us as a church to make 2020 
the year of the Bible. If you haven't already started a reading program, just start one today. And you can do that. You can find reading programs that will give you a little of the Old Testament, a little of the New Testament, maybe a psalm or a proverb that you can have maybe four, five, six chapters of the Bible every day. It'll only take you about a half an hour to get that reading in, and you will be nourishing yourself spiritually, building yourself up to have great strength and spiritual immunity if you'll just feed on the Word of God. What are you saying, Jeff? I'm saying our daily bread is our sustenance. Our ability to sustain, our ability to make it spiritually comes down to our daily diet of the Word of God. In other words, if the only time you're feeding on God's Word is when you sit here under my teaching on Sunday, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. The enemy is going to chew you up and spit you out. And so we've got to feed on the Word of God daily. I know some of you... uh, you know, you're intimidated by the Bible. You don't know that you fully understand it. Maybe you even grew up in, a, in an environment where they taught you not to read your Bible. They told you, don't read the Bible. You're not going to understand it. We'll tell you everything you need to know. Can I just say, that's not our posture here at Crossroads Church. We absolutely want to see you in God's Word. If you have questions, we're ready to answer those questions and help you to discover what God wants you to know through the Bible. In fact, we've put a measure in place where we have spiritual growth tracks every small group semester, and that'll kick off the end of this month. We uh, put a measure in place where we've got uh, spiritual growth groups that will help you to know how to study the Bible, that will teach you how to apply Scripture. So I want you prepared to go through one of those growth groups this semester and really get yourself committed to the Bible, committed to the Word of God. Because our daily bread is our sustenance. It's our ability to be sustained. John chapter 6 and verse 35, Jesus declared this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Let me share real quickly just my story with you. I spent all of my young life spiritually hungry. Spiritually hungry. I had this nagging hunger, this emptiness in my life that I tried to fill with everything the world offers. I tried it all, and it left me empty and disillusioned and disappointed. But the moment I gave Jesus my heart, and I began to feed on his word. Listen, can I tell you, I've been satisfied for 37 years. I am complete in him. I am satisfied in him. He's never left me hungry, and he will never leave you hungry. But there is no life without that bread. There's no life, y'all, without that bread. Real life cannot be sustained without the nourishment of Scripture. So consequently, marriages are dying. Economies are crumbling. Nations are coming to demise. Why? Because they no longer do things in a biblical way. And listen, we see it happening. We see our very culture unraveling all around us. Why? Because we've gotten away from the scriptural standard that once made us great as a nation. Y'all, what's true of us nationally is also true of us personally and individually. The moment you begin to neglect the word of God, your world starts falling apart. God's word is how we're nourished. God's word is how we're sustained. Here's why. The word of God actually shapes our worldview. 
shapes our worldview. It shapes our understanding of what's happening to us and what's going on. It helps us to understand how we're to interact with one another, how we're to treat one another, how we're to respond to things that happen to us. All of that must be shaped by the influence of Scripture. If not, then our worldview is shaped by a fallen world. And we begin to think like a world that we know has fallen apart. And we can't afford to be gullible along these lines. We must let God's word shape our worldview and become the plumb line for our values, our purpose, our behavior. What is your plumb line? If Hollywood is setting your plumb line, I feel sorry for you. If Washington is setting your plumb line, you're in big trouble. We've got to let the Bible do that. We've got to let the word of God do that. Jesus steps up in John chapter 6 and he says, listen, I'm the bread of life. And by saying that, he's saying the only way real life will be sustained for you is if you allow me to feed you what only I can provide. Now, on that day that Jesus made that claim, they pushed back. He said to them, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And they understood what he was saying. They knew he wasn't asking them to become cannibals. They knew that he was saying to them, you've got to, you've got to heed my word, obey my word, and it will be the thing that sustains you. And they pushed back. And it happened in John chapter 6. And, and I, real quickly, I know you realize this, but you know that these stories that we read about in the gospel, they didn't happen in chapter and verse, right? Jesus didn't get up to teach the multitude and go, chapter 3. Um, when Paul wrote letters and John and James wrote letters to the church, they, they weren't broken down in chapter and verse. Uh, they did that later, right? Um, they just wrote letters to the church. So, so I guess you could say it's a coincidence that the passage I'm about to read falls numerically the way it falls in this chapter and in this particular verse. But if you've studied Bible prophecy, if you're familiar with the book of Revelation, you know that there's a time coming on this earth when an antichrist figure is going to rise up. He's going to be called the great beast. And he is going to require that people take a mark of allegiance either on their hand or on their forehead in order for them to even buy and sell and that when someone takes that mark, it damns them forever. They have no hope of salvation after they've taken that mark of allegiance to this one the scriptures refer to as the beast. That mark, according to Revelation, is the number 666. And the statement I'm about to read to you falls in John chapter 6, verse 66. John 666. Now, I, again... I know we could look at that as a coincidence, but let me use the coincidence to point out something very important to you. When Jesus stood up and said, I'm the bread of life, I'm the only one that can sustain you, my words are the only thing that can sustain you, the people push back. Watch what happens in John chapter 6, verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. An unwillingness to heed the word of God is the pre-tribulation mark of the beast. It's your allegiance that you're making with a world that pushes back against the word of God and says, I refuse to align my life with the word of God. I want to live like the way I want to live. I want to do things the way I want to do things. That is the pre-tribulation mark of the beast. I don't want to take that. I want to open up my heart to God's word and I want to feed on it daily and I want to let him sustain me. Come on, with, with the, only, the only thing that can and that's his word there in the Bible. Now, the more we consume God's word, the more we feed daily on the diet of the word of God, the more Christ-like we become. Somebody say, thank God. 
And isn't that the point? I mean, as Christians, aren't we to be Christ-like? And the only way we're going to become more like Christ is to get more of the word of God in our lives. You know what they say, you are what you eat. Remember your, your parents telling you that maybe or a teacher telling you that when you were growing up, you are what you eat. As I look over this congregation, I see several links of Boudin. <laughs> see some crackling over here in this section. And I even saw some king cakes walk through the door early in January this morning. You are what you eat on spiritual terms. You are what you eat on spiritual terms. What are you eating? What are you feeding yourself spiritually? John 1, verse 1 and verse 14. Jesus said, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh, speaking of Jesus, and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God and his word are one and the same. So the more of God's word you get in you, the more God you have in you. John chapter 6, verse 32. Verse 32 and 33, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Speaking of himself, Jesus is our daily bread. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 13, John writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse and its rider is called Faithful and True. With righteousness, he judges and makes war. He has eyes like blazing fire and many royal crowns on his head. He has a name written on him that only he himself knows. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Watch this. And his name is the word of God. The word of God, the Bible that so many of us are neglecting, it is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. And the more of the Bible you get in you, the more Jesus you're gonna have in you. How many wanna be Christ-like? Say, I do. So let me say this, and we'll get ready to wrap up. A healthy diet of the bread of life comes with great benefits. We know that on natural terms, if you eat the right stuff and you are consistent with it, it has great benefits for you physically, right? You're stronger, you can do more, you're healthier. And the same is true spiritually. A healthy diet, a healthy daily diet, we're talking about daily bread, y'all. A healthy daily diet of the bread of life comes with great benefits. Listen to Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits even the God of our salvation. God wants to bring great benefits into the life of the person who will daily nourish himself, herself with the word of God. Listen to Joshua chapter one, verse eight, because it puts all this in perspective. This idea of benefit coming from eating right spiritually or feeding ourselves spiritually from the word of God is all kind of really put into focus in a statement that Joshua makes to the children of Israel in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Here's what he said. He said, study this book of instruction. Continually meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, somebody say only then. Only then when you commit yourself to a daily diet of the Bible, the word of God, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. What is the benefit? 
of looking to God's word for your daily bread, God says you will prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, I know there are people right now in this room and some of you online and in your mind, you're already arguing with me. I hear you. I can hear you. I hear you arguing with me in your mind. And here's what you're saying. Jeff, I know people that give no credence to the Bible, that don't even believe in God. And they're some of the most prospering people I know. They have the nicest house. They drive the nicest, finest vehicles. They wear the nicest clothes. Here's your problem. You don't have a biblical worldview. You're you're seeing material blessing as true prosperity and success when it cannot be measured that way. Their material, quote unquote, prosperity may be Satan setting them up to ultimately destroy them. But the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. Only God can really define what real prosperity and success is within your life. And he longs to do it. He longs to bless you and to give you that benefit. Think about this. A recent study from the Center for Bible Engagement was done with 40,000 people across uh, the U.S. and Canada. And they studied people. And this is what they saw. If a person reads the Bible once a week, it has negligible impact upon their life. Twice a week, negligible impact within their life. When you go to three times, all of a sudden you start seeing some real differences show up. But what's crazy is they discovered when a person over time commits himself to at least reading the Bible four times, it spikes. It goes off the charts. You might be thinking, well, well, like what? How does that manifest in someone's life? When, When people that were studied gave themselves to at least four times a week studying the Bible, feelings of loneliness dropped by 30%. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Stop throwing elbows out there, I saw you. Bitterness in relationships dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Think about this. Spiritual stagnation, we see that. So often in people, spiritual stagnation dropped by 60%. Porn addiction dropped by 61%. When people would commit to reading the Bible at least four times a week, listen to the the other side of the equation. Sharing one's faith jumped by over 200%. Discipling other people jumped for from over 230%. Listen, I'm telling you, the word of God comes with great benefits. God longs to prosper you and give you great success. He wants you healthy, but that health is going to come through a daily diet. Give us this day our daily bread, a daily diet of God's word can make us healthy.